Good morning, Purse family and friends. We are so thankful to be able to pray with you on Friday mornings. Tanya and I both have a passion for prayer. We have both felt a call to devote more time to the ministry of prayer. But even though we are passionate about prayer, we are also aware of our need for Jesus to lead us in praying and to teach us how to pray. And those were the very words that the disciples used um, when they came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus had modeled a discipline of prayer before the disciples, uh, just showing them as he spent time alone with the Father, talking to the Father, listening for the Father to speak to him. Uh, they recognized the importance of that, and they came to him and ask if he would teach them how to pray, how to speak to the Father. And so today we just want you to know that our prayer is that we would all uh, be aware of that need to be continuously seeking the Lord to uh, lead us, to teach us, uh, to pursue a deeper and closer relationship with him through prayer and then to come to understand the power of prayer. So we also want to pray for you, and every week we encourage you and remind you that you can submit prayer requests to us um, through our m1bc.org website. Scroll down to the bottom, click on the Need Prayer button, and also through our Magnolia's First app, uh, which you can find in the App Store. In both of those places, you have the option to submit your request anonymously, or you can leave your name and your email if you want um, some a response back or some encouragement back. Um, but someone is specifically praying over each and every one of those requests. So uh, please take a minute to do that. Um, as we talked about last week, um, we need each other and uh, we need to, to share our burdens with each other. So we, we are praying for you and we want to pray for you. And then the other thing is all of the scripture that we're going to use today, um, we're going to drop in the comments of this video um, so that you can go back and look those up and reference those. Um, if something was encouraging to you, you can find it quickly. So today we just want to share some basic thoughts about prayer and how we can approach prayer. So Jesus taught about prayer a couple different times through his ministry because prayer is important and how we pray is important. And so one of the times that he was teaching about prayer was the Sermon on the Mount. And we see it in uh, Matthew chapter six. And he was encouraging us, encouraging the people he was talking to, but also encouraging us that, that we shouldn't pray with the intent or with the idea to draw attention to ourselves, right? Prayer is not about us. It's not about drawing attention to ourselves. And so let's look at verse 6 together. This is um, from the message. So it's uh, Matthew 6, 6. It says, here's what I want you to do. So Jesus is speaking to us, speaking to the people he's teaching. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. Then focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. So prayer starts with finding your focus. Just be there simply and honestly, and then your focus will shift um, from you to God. That's how we start prayer. That's what we wanna do. We can't change our circumstances so many times. We can't change the world around us, but we can change our focus. We can change it from those distractions, from those cares of the world um, into the eyes of our Savior. So when you begin a time of prayer, take a minute 
to fix your eyes on Jesus. And I do this in a couple of ways, actually. One of the ways is by just, I uh, actually set, a, set an alarm on my phone for one or two minutes and just take some deep breaths and really just have some stillness and quietness before God where I can focus my mind on Jesus. And sometimes I'll just repeat, repeat a phrase like, Jesus, I surrender to you or Jesus, I love you, or whatever it is, um, if I need to focus that. And then another thing I do sometimes is uh, play a worship song before I pray or have my devotion time. And those things just really help me to fix my eyes on Jesus. So Hebrews uh, 12, one and two, sorry, my pages. Um, they just remind us to throw off everything that hinders us, everything that entangles us, just to fix our eyes on Jesus, to run the race with our eyes fixed on him because he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. It isn't what we can do in our own power and our own strength. It's what Jesus does. So turn your eyes to God. So let's just take a minute to pray about that uh, before we go on. Jesus, we just thank you that you care enough about us that you instruct us to pray, Lord. Uh, you modeled prayer before us, and then you give us specific things, certain instructions on how we should pray, Lord. And you do that because you desire us to grow in our faith. You desire us to grow in our relationship with you and with the Father. And so we just turn our eyes to you, even now this morning as we come together to pray, that we would fix our eyes on you because you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. We pray that you would clear away every distraction, that you would clear away everything that hinders or entangles us right now, Lord, so that we can just come before you. Jesus, we invite you to meet us here in this place. Be present with us, Lord. We thank you that you are present with us. And so we just rest in you and, and in your holiness. Amen. Another aspect of prayer that is important is knowing who God is and knowing who we are to God. Not just in our head, but also in our heart, mind, and soul. And so, you know, we, even at this moment, are caught up in a pretty crazy time. And it's easy in, the, in those moments of craziness in our life uh, to forget uh, that there are scripture promises in God's word that tell us who he is, uh, that tell us who we are to him. And unless we are confident in those things, it is hard to come into that place understanding our role in prayer. Uh, it's difficult for us uh, to understand that we have the ability to come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. So I'd like to take a few minutes just to share some scripture about who God is. First, we would acknowledge that our God is strong and mighty. Psalm 24, 8 tells us, Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Jeremiah 27, 5 says, with my great strength and powerful arm, I made the earth and all its people and every animal. I can give these things of mine to anyone I choose. I always think of, of this song that I taught my kids, perhaps you taught your kids, uh, the song about God and his strength and might. That song that says, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And it's time for us to believe that in our head and our hearts. And we need to believe that as we pray. We also need to be reminded that God reigns. 
In the Living Bible, in Psalm 11, David writes, How dare you tell me, flee to the mountains for safety when I am trusting the Lord? For the wicked have strung their bows, they have drawn their arrows tight against the bowstrings, and aimed from ambush at the people of God. Law and order have collapsed, we are told. What can the righteous do but flee? But the Lord is still in his holy temple. He still rules from heaven. He closely watches everything that happens here on earth. And we will all confess, I'm sure, that in this time, in this season, it is very easy for, for fear to overtake our faith. But may I encourage you to have the same response Go back to the Word of God and find this same response when things just feel so out of control and when fear has taken over. We can stand with David, just as he said in verse 4, but the Lord is still in his holy temple. He still rules from heaven, and he closely watches everything that happens here on earth. Christ followers, we should take comfort and strength and knowing that our God is still on his throne. Some other things about God that we want to remember as we pray is that God is near. So like we talked about last week in Psalm 139, it says, where can I go from your presence? Or where can I, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And so the same is true, God is near. And so Acts 17, 27 and 28 says, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. God is both on his throne, but he is also very near to us. And then the final thing that you need to remember, maybe the most important thing, is that God loves you. You know, Romans 5, 8 reminds us that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're praying to a God who gave his own son in our place to die for us and for our sin because he loves us so much. Let's pray. Father, we just celebrate you. We just come and thank you for all that you are. God, we are just in awe of your majesty and your wonder, Lord, how you are so strong and so mighty. God, how you are on your throne, Lord, you reign over all the earth. Everything in it is yours, Lord. God, you are near to us. You love us so much. You just embrace us. We thank you, God, that you are all of these things to us, that you are all of these things for us. And we just come for you. We come to you, Lord, just in humility uh, because of all that you are. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And then an important aspect of prayer and victory in our lives in general is knowing who we are in Christ. 1 John 3, 1 says, How great is the love that the Father has lavished on me. I love that word lavished. I think it's such a picture of God's love pouring out over us. He lavished that love on us so that we might be called children of God. And that is exactly what we are. The world does not know us because the world does not know him. And Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him 
to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out to him, Abba, Father. And now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Now, let, just let me clarify this. God calls us his children. We are sons and daughters of the king. We are not orphans. We are not slaves. One of the enemy's goals is to confuse us about who we are. He wants us to believe that we have no value and we have no rights. Please hear this. If you believe this lie, then you will forfeit the power that is already at work within you through the Holy Spirit. We, and you will find yourself in spiritual bondage because of that. So know this. A slave would pray from the heart of fear and unworthiness. An orphan would pray like a beggar with a disconnected heart. But we are his children, and we have been given the rights as his heirs. Knowing this should change the way you pray. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son. But in doing so, you knew that by reconciliation, by our faith in Christ, your son, that we could be adopted into your family and you would call us your children. Father, help us today to come to understand the power of that, that we are not orphans and we are not slaves. We are not held in bondage to sin. You sent your son Jesus to set us free. We give you thanks and praise for that today, Father. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. It's also important to remember that we are friends and allies with Christ. John 15, 13 through 15 reminds us of this. It says, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. So Dallas Willard says that we ought to look at our lives with God as a partnership, right? So as Cindy said, we're not just slaves who are begging God for something. We are his partners, we are his friends, and we are his allies that are on a mission. So prayer is not just about sitting on the back porch with our papa drinking lemonade. Those times are, are there sometimes but prayer is a battle. Prayer is a mission for us to cooperate with what God is doing in the world to bring his kingdom into the world. So an example of this shared mission comes from Acts 9, 10 through 19. And this is just the story that, um, that happened after Saul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he was blinded by that. And so there was a man named Ananias who was a Christ follower. And he was praying. And as he was praying, the Lord spoke to him. And he told him, he told Ananias to go to Saul um, and to help him. But of course, Ananias was concerned because Saul was notorious for persecuting and killing Christians. 
uh, but the Lord said, go, because I am, I have got a, a special call on Saul's life, and, and so you need to go. And so Ananias went, and he found Saul, and he laid his hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And of course, the scales fell off of Saul's eyes, and he was healed, and after a few days, he regained his strength. So in those verses, God didn't need Ananias in order to heal Saul, right? God could have done that on his own. Uh, but God asked Ananias to join him in his mission by laying his hands on Saul and praying for his sight to be restored. In the same way, God wants to use us for, for his mission, for his kingdom. And in doing so, when we surrender to that, when we join with God in his mission, our own faith is strengthened. And then we encourage the church, the body of Christ through that. So we can all be encouraged together when we're working together for one mission and one purpose. Uh, there's a, a, a saying, a quote that I'm going to read. It says, prayer is a partnership of the redeemed child of God, working hand in hand with God toward the realization of his redemptive purposes on earth. So be confident in who you are, in who, you, who God is and in who you are in him, and then pray like you believe it because there is power in prayer. So I'm going to say a quick prayer and then Cindy's going to close this. Father God, we are, we are allies with you, Lord. We are on a mission. You have a purpose for each and every one of us, Lord. And I just pray that you would uh, just open our hearts to that, begin to reveal that to us, Lord, that um, our walk, our faith is not just about being comfortable. It's not just about what you can give us, Lord, but we wanna partner with you in the work that you are doing in the world around us, Lord. You are, you are working, you are calling people into your kingdom. Um, and we want to be a part of that. We want to partner with you, Lord. So teach us to pray in such a way that we partner with you in the mission that you have for us. God, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for your patience with us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So as I close our, our time in prayer, I would also like to ask you again uh, to, to commit to pray for those who need the hope of Jesus. Uh, it has been reported that around the world, Google searches on prayer have skyrocketed. There are people stuck at home, frustrated, worried, depressed, fearful, and they are ser searching for an answer to all of those feelings. And we know that the answer is in Jesus. They need Jesus. And I would ask you to join me in praying for them. We know that Jesus is our peace and our hope. Even in the midst of a global pandemic, Jesus is still our hope. And so I want to pray a blessing over you this morning from Ephesians chapter 1 as we close. So would you pray with me? Father, I pray for all of us asking that you might pour out spiritual wisdom and insight over our hearts and minds today so that we might grow in the knowledge and understanding of who you are, our strong and mighty King who loves us so much that you gave your only Son to die for us, to rescue us from the power of sin. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be flooded with light so that we can understand the confident hope you have given to us as your sons and daughters and as partners with you on a shared mission to share the gospel. I pray that that same hope 
would be true for those who don't know you and who find themselves right now searching for answers. They're searching for answers in so many ways. Some, Father, are coming to you or seeking you because a family member is ill with the virus or they've lost a friend to the virus or the economy has impacted them. And even today we learned of a sweet friend who is, may possibly be losing her job and we've seen job loss. Father, we pray that you would be their hope. And for those who don't know you, Lord, that they would find you. You tell us in your word that when we seek you, we will find you. And I pray that over them today, Father. I also pray that we will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those of us who are Christ followers. May we grasp hold of that power and listen for you to speak as you direct us into the paths of those who may need you. And that we will, in confidence, knowing who you are, point them to Jesus. We give you all glory and honor to you, our God, who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. And we pray these things in your authority and in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. God bless you.